You're listening to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, inspiration, day jobs, bad habits, and mental health. We talk about art. We talk about spiritualism. We talk about imposter syndrome, perfectionism, meritocracy, and mediocrity. We do sometimes talk about things like sexual assault, suicidal ideation, self-harm, trauma, and whatnot. So, you know, be advised. Each week, artists, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people join me, Brad Pearson. Not a doctor. Not a therapist. Not an expert. In a discussion of what to do with this stupid, sacred life. Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you want to confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on self Worst. Okay, hi everybody Hello Happy Thanksgiving Yeah, I'm dropping an episode on the actual Thanksgiving day I don't know if this is uh, good for my downloads or bad for my downloads. Are y'all listening to podcasts this week? Are we dropping a lot of podcasts this week? Or are we kind of taking the week off? Should I have waited till next week? Well, oh well. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. I feel like it's a good time to drop a podcast episode because people are traveling, people are hanging out with their families, and they don't really want to, you know, you, you have to go off You have to just be like, I need to go for a walk. And you leave the house and you maybe go smoke some weed in the woods so you can tolerate your family. And maybe pop this in. Maybe wear a hoodie, put this in some earbuds, and listen to me instead of your stupid family. I'm not doing that this year. I Actually, I love my family. My family's great, but I'm not going to see them this uh, Thanksgiving. We're going to do a Christmas thing instead, I guess. Uh, we're doing a Friendsgiving, me and Caitlin here at the ranch. That's right, we have friends. Believe it or not, we got people coming over. I gotta take a rapid COVID test, you know, before, just to make sure before people come over. That's fun. That's always fun. That's festive. I don't know. It's gonna be a good couple of days, though. Tomorrow is my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mama. And then Saturday is Dottie's birthday. She's going to be three. How about that? We're going to take her out to the woods, let her run around. We we really kind of go above and beyond for, for dog birthdays and stuff. Because we have nothing else going on in our lives. But that's what we're doing right now. It's going to be nice. We're going to have a good Thanksgiving. And, you know, yeah, colonialism, genocide, Indigenous Peoples Day. Of course, call it Indigenous Peoples Day if you want. I'm all about that life. But, you know, you can dismiss all... Thanksgiving's not going anywhere. As much as people like to say we're trying to cancel Thanksgiving, we're not. Really. We just want to acknowledge some shit. Read some Howard Zinn. Know about how it really went. How it really went down. Wasn't great. Wasn't great for the native folks. Gotta say, 
they probably didn't like that. What's been going on for the last several hundred years. But it's also an opportunity to reflect on gratitude. And, uh, you know, count your blessings. Be with your loved ones. Be with your family, your friends, whoever you love. And I guess, you know, some you gotta you gotta sometimes be around people who are in your family you don't like so much. That's part of it too, I guess. If you can tolerate them. If they're not completely fucking toxic, horrible people, and you should cut them out of your life. If they just kinda suck a little, I think you know the line. If you don't know the line, go to therapy. That's a good place to figure it out. Are my parents just kind of annoying, or are they, like, bad people who I shouldn't talk to? It's hard to tell. But anyway, we're doing all of that. I'm tired. I'm going to try and be brief. We got a lot to do today. We got to get the house all in order before people come over. You know, so I'm, I'm going to try and not prattle on too much, but man... We've been doing a lot here. We've been putting all this gravel in the backyard. I picked up more gravel, 30 more bags. We effectively have moved over two tons of gravel to the backyard, bag by bag, 50 pound bag by 50 pound bag into the backyard. Oh, that is no joke, dog. I am sore. And we got some narrow ass hallways in our apartment. You're trying to lumber through there with a bag on your shoulder. 50-pound bag, not knock anything over. Jesus. They did not design this apartment for anything wide. It's like, oh, this narrow hallway. Let's put these thick-ass doors that block the entire hallway and swing the wrong way everywhere. But anyway, we got through it. We put them all in the backyard. I'm going full Hank Hill. I got some propane tanks. We got some outdoor heaters that I'm setting up. I got some firewood. I just bought a grill. With a smoker, the grill is charcoal, not propane. Because, you know, I think that's actually better. We're not going to grill or smoke the turkey. We're just doing it old school in the oven, playing it safe. But, oh, man, my, my, my dad vibes are just really coming out. Just as a middle-aged man, I'm just getting so fucking stoked to have a backyard. Got a leaf blower. Oh my god. Love that shit. But anyway, I'm sore as fuck. I, I got thrown onto my tailbone a bunch in jujitsu the other day. We were doing our, you know, there's some judo-ish hip throws. You, you put your hips up next to the person, you kind of, you grab their shoulder and you sort of just bow and they fly up over you. I, I haven't really mastered the break fall yet. And so sometimes I land wrong. It's not my partner's fault. It's my fault. I'm not landing right. I'm landing straight on my coccyx. It's, it's not great. It hurts a little bit. I'm old. Like I said, my body doesn't like that. But I'm doing it anyway. The ogoshi, I think, is the term for the judo hip throw. I think. I don't know that you just you just do it. You don't have to know what it's called necessarily. 
You just step in, you know, toe-to-toe, step in, hip, twist, hook, over and down they go. It's fun. (sighs) I don't know. So, anyway, let me get on with the show. This week, we're talking to returning guest, friend of the show, dear friend of mine, Natalie Wall. She's an angel. She's a beautiful person. We love her on this show. She's got her own podcast, her own show called Awkward Sex in the City. I've been on that. If you want to go over, if you want to tune into her podcast and hear me talk about uh, being a fuckboy and uh, sex stuff, uh, insecurity, foreskin, things like that. I don't know if you really want to hear all that stuff, but if you do... Tune into that. That's what her whole podcast is about. She likes to talk about the gross, uh, you know, the embarrassing stuff, the shameful stuff. And I think that that ties deeply into mental health because shame is a big part of our mental health journey. And we do get into it in this episode. It's uh, pretty much all we talk about is gross shit. We're going to talk about like STDs and anal fissures and... uh, uh, warts and sores and you know just gross shit really appetizing stuff for your uh, for your Thanksgiving dinner you know as you're trying to digest as you ate too much and we're out here talking about like fucking toe jam and smegma and tonsil stones appetizing stuff but it's a part of the human condition is it not we have these gross bodies that we have to occupy smelly and rotten and nasty open sores and shit sometimes butt hair you know just gross just gross stuff so this is a gross one be advised we're talking about colonoscopies and shit I don't know how it comes up it just does you you get talking to Natalie and uh, the conversation is going to take a like gross turn body odors just anything just nasty. That's her domain. So, without further ado, I think we should just get to the show, huh? I got shit to do. Like I said, I gotta go. This is I'm recording this on Thanksgiving morning. This is as close to a live episode as you're ever gonna get, probably. Using you know, a podcast work. I'm putting this out. I'm gonna hit stop. I'm gonna put this on the I'm gonna sew this into the into the episode and I'm going to post it right now. So this is hot and fresh off the presses. How about that? If you're listening actually on Thanksgiving Day, which maybe you are. Maybe like five people are. Ha- happy Thanksgiving or happy Black Friday or happy uh, Dottie's birthday if you're listening on Saturday. Happy my mom's birthday. Happy Dottie's birthday. Happy whenever you listen to this. Because it's forever. The internet is forever. All right. Enough of this shit. Uh, Real quick, patreon.com slash selfworst. Help me out. Little as a dollar a month. You get some bonus content. uh, All of that fun stuff. Uh, And I'll remind you again at the other end of the show. Should you want to stick around that long? You know I always do it a little outro boy at the end. So I'll see you then. Until then, let's talk to our friend, Natalie Wall.
know, it's been a minute and uh, some stuff happened uh, since the last time we talked. I was on your podcast, um, kind of the, I don't know, the beginning of the reopening of stuff. And I think we maybe had a bit of a different projection then of, you know, how things were going to uh, gleefully reopen and, instead of just sort of how it's been. <laughs> it's kind of ominously reopening, but... And yeah, I was are. so wrong. I was yeah. like, there's me sex everywhere 24-7. And it was just like a very like uh lackluster in that sense, I guess. I don't know. Like we were like, we thought it was gonna be like party uh 24-7, and it really yeah. wasn't. I, it was almost like uh, you know, if you like run up to a pool and you're gonna like do a cool dive, and then mm. at the last moment you like sort of slip. But it's mm-hmm. too late. Like we we've we've already landed back in the pool, but we didn't do like the graceful dive. We just sort of went like and just sort of went in. Um, you kind know, of belly flopped. Yeah, because we. I mean, I don't know. Like, there were so many people like earlier this summer talking about like, is there going to be another lockdown? And I was like, fuck no, there's not going to be another lockdown. What are you kidding? There was barely a first lockdown. What are you talking about? Like people barely, barely barely took part in the first one you think they're gonna do this again be like this time we'll try harder like no like it was just like no we're on our own they're gonna reopen shit and uh you're you're vaccinated or you die and that's it like that's just how it's gonna be uh sorry like i i, yeah. I don't know what to do anymore you know like fuck i don't either and yeah there's never gonna be another lockdown like New York definitely took it somewhat more seriously than most of the country, but like the rest of the country was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you either get vaccinated or you die. Like I know someone who didn't get the vaccine and then you fucking died. And it's like, you could have gotten the vaccine, like your wife did, your wife got the vaccine. And he was like, all right, it's just like, like, I don't know. Like I just got my booster today. I was like, I'm not fucking around. Like no one's coming to save us you know no. so it's like just do as much as you can to protect yourself yeah I, I, congrats <laughs> on the booster i just got the booster uh like last week it was it was actually fairly easy we just sort of happened onto it on a on a saturday um nice it's amazing how used to it we've uh, you know become just like roll up to a vehicle that's got needles in it and we're just like yeah let me get some of that and we're like we just it's normal now and we're just like <laughs> we're just cool with it I'm, i was like oh cool exciting Let's go. Let's go do this thing. I don't know. Yeah, weird. mine was a mine was a bus too. It was like you got your shot in one bus, and then you waited in the other bus, and it was just like, do do do. Here we go. This is it. Yeah. What was really exciting though is there were um, there were like some kids, some like tween kids who mm-hmm. obviously were like there for their first shot. Um, you know, who were like real excited and were just like, oh boy, like this is. This is great. Like now I don't have to worry about like making my parents sick or making anybody else sick. Like, you know, like, and, and so that was nice. Um, yeah, now that's that, really sweet. Now that what is it like five to 11 year olds are, are being able to get the thing like that's that's good. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's never not a bad thing. Like more people getting more people getting vaccinated, the less people are going to get the thing and spread it to other. I don't know. I just, I, you know. <laughs> I got a lot of fucking, I just, it's just fatigue. I'm just fucking, it, I'm tired of fucking even talking about it. 
And I think you, I think you feel the same way. I was listening to a few episodes of your show, and I think that's sort of like the temperature of uh, you, and I think a lot of your guests. It just like it feels like it was forever ago already somehow. And mm-hmm. um, I've bumped into a lot of people who just straight up they don't want to fucking talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get that. Like that's kind of a um. That's an understandable human response to just be like, it was all we could talk about for a year. I mean, if you like, because what's crazy is it was a long time ago. Like, we're going to almost hit two years, yeah. which is wild. But then if you like look back, because no one does, because to save our own sanity, if you start to look back at like March and April, like where you really were mentally and what you had to do, it was like, it's horrifying. So it's like, this weird fatigue, but also I think there's like a lot of denial in there now. Cause it's like, we don't want to really deal with what we didn't deal with yet. Cause no one really has no one's, even if you're in therapy, even if you yeah. were like, you know, very communicate, uh, communicative with like your partners or whatever, like no one has dealt with the crazy ass shit that we went through. And I'm talking specifically New York city. Cause I just don't think any other city went through what we went through between March, April and May. <laughs> And then June and like, it's just, it's wild. It's just fucking wild. But I do think you're right. There is like, no one wants to fucking talk about it anymore, but it's like, you still can't not talk about it. It's because what's like this winter going to be like, you know, yeah. now people are like, Aaron's back in the classroom. I'm working. I was unemployed last time. Aaron was remote. So we were able to like feel the sun every day. Now he's like in a fucking basement every day. And it's like, where's our mental health going to be? During, I'm looking outside, like daylight savings time. It's like 547, it's pitch black. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm legitimately nervous about it. How has your uh, mood been in general over, over the last, uh, you know, over the summer into the fall? Yeah, generally, honestly, generally good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the weird shit has just been like a lot of health shit I've had to deal with. And that's been exhausting. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you about that. You've had a couple of uh, physical health issues, which, of course, inevitably ties into mental health as well. So can you can you walk us through uh, all of that stuff? Yeah, and there's been more <laughs> recently too. It's like been never ending. Um, so it started back in August. Uh, I just, I found a lump in my broob, in my broob, in my broob. Um, long story short, not cancer. It's all benign, but it was a tumor or tumors. Um, but I went in, they were like, this is nothing, but we're glad you came in. We need to get biopsies and both boobs, then get the biopsies. And it's like the weirdest experience in like my like entire life. There is like multiple people like on your boob at one time. They were talking about Alec Baldwin. Like it was the day after he shot oh, someone. And it's just like, they're like, do you think, do you think he feels bad about it? Like, I don't know. He's kind of weird. And I'm like, I need you to focus. Like, I've got a needle in my tit right now. Like right. You're, you're tagging me like a like no. And then um at the end of that, they were like, best of luck. Like every person individually was like, best of luck. But the odds forever be in your favor. And then I realized, like, because before they were like, You're young, it's gonna be nothing, it's gonna be nothing. But then once the biopsies became like a real thing, I was like, Oh, they actually don't know what's gonna happen. Like they don't know what the results are, so they can't say anything yeah. besides best of luck. And I'm like walking out of the facility and breast center is so different from a hospital because they try to make it as calming as possible. Cause you've got in the same building, 
you know, surgery and chemo and MRIs and mammograms and biopsies, like all happening at the same time. So you've got these like standing waterfalls and just like all this shrubbery and trees. And I was like, oh, it's because people get terrible news here. People get life altering, life ending news here. And so that definitely put me like in a whole, actually, (laughs) I found out I had to get the biopsies uh, the day of St. Ripper's Day. I had... And I had, I was like, Aaron, I was like, we can't tell anyone. Like, we cannot ruin the vibe right. of St. Rupert's Day. Because I was like, what would have happened if, like, I was like, oh, yeah, guys, I might have breast cancer. And then everyone's like, oh, you know, like that. Yeah. Uh, that cover band wouldn't have just hit as good <laughs> <laughs> if that was looming. So there is that. But that's, it's all good, you know, all benign. It's uh, it's called, like, Fibro Medina or something. And it's just literally benign tumors in women people with uteruses ages like 20 to 30 so that's me it's fine but it was like mentally exhausting and not necessarily just waiting but it's the amount of times you're in a fucking doctor's office like it was it's been like three months of like my days off i'm in a doctor's office this past week it was uh wednesday and thursday and then i'm gonna have another procedure on monday different thing but then the next one, which is brand new, was I tested positive for one of the high risk strains of HPV mm. that causes Cervi- cervical cancer. Yeah, cervical mm-hmm. cancer. So I got that news right after like being like on the high of like no breast cancer. And then they found something also in my cervix. They're like, we need to like get a biopsy of this. Like we need to figure out what this is. So then there was that, which is literally what was Wednesday and Thursday of just like, let's get in, let's get out. Um, and the only way I can really explain it is just exhausting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you can't really do anything else. You're just kind of waiting and you're just going to see what happens. And then on Monday, I'm just getting a colonoscopy cause it runs my family. But that one fingers crossed <laughs> right. is all good. Then my mom was like, I don't know. You might want to expect a pull up or not a pull up, a pull up, uh, because of the luck you've had. And I was like, thank you so much for that <laughs> mom. Are we Thank supposed to you. be getting screened for colon cancer already in our 30s? It, it runs in my family. Ah, like, okay. like my dad got it. I don't it, know and when then, that starts. Uh, it's, I think, 40 now. Okay. It's supposed to start. But they have been, it's been popping up in younger and younger people. I've heard of this. Uh, yeah. A friend of a friend uh, was really sad, uh, died. Of, mm. they, they didn't discover it until it was stage four. And, you know, there was like nothing you could do at that point. Um, and they were like our age, you know, just like, just like out of nowhere, they were, he was like getting his life together, getting like, you know, like married and a new job. And then all of a sudden they're like, actually, you're going to die in four months. And that was it. Like it was fucking horrible, you know? So like, we're getting to that age where like shit like that happens where, you know, back in our twenties, I remember, you know, friends of mine, this was never my anxiety. I had plenty of other anxieties, but like health anxiety was never really one of them with like, you know, like, Oh, is this cancer? Do I have a brain tumor like this or that? And I was always just like, Hey, it's probably not like this is extremely rare. Maybe you should like watch out for traffic, you know, like that's, what's going to get you right now, you know? Um, but now we're getting to the age where it's like, it's, not as likely, but it's plausible, you know, that like that that cancers can start popping up and like it's like fuck man, we're getting we're getting there. Ugh. 
It was, it was like a wake up call of like, oh, you need to be following up on this stuff. You need to be actively doing like the breast cancer like screens and like going because mm-hmm. I didn't go to the gyno for five years. Like we're supposed to go like every three years. Um, and it was a huge wake up call of like, you're not a spring chicken anymore. Right. Like, and it's important that you are taking care of your body uh, and watch like watching over it and being aware and screening. Yeah. Like it may, it may even be worth like, you know, getting colonoscopy. Uh, I recommend them. It's like, might as well know, you yeah. know, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I haven't had a whole lot of things up my butt, but a camera, I mean, it's one of those things that will get up there eventually. So I guess my I mean, they knock, should just get it over with. They knock you out though. My dad's oh. had so many at this point. He does it without the anesthesia. He's just like, give me that shit. I'll just do it myself. He like watches it with them. And I was like, because right. every time I've gotten a colonoscopy to you, the doctors have been so fucking hot. And you're like, you're butt ass naked. They, they, you get the, the anesthesia and they immediately like roll you over. And you're just like, there's no way you look good. You know, there's right. no way. Um, but they've been hot every time. It's just like, why, like one, why did you become a doctor a that sticks cameras of people's butts? You're too yeah. hot to be a butt you're, doctor. Yeah, you could be a butt doctor in a porn, like, sure. but I don't need to be doing this. I guess you're going to make more money. But um, I don't know. In anesthesia, I always like you wake up and you're like, wow, I get why Michael Jackson did this all the time. Oh, yeah. Anesthesia is fucking rad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the I, I had a hernia surgery and like coming out of anesthesia is like the, the craziest experience because you don't it's not like sleeping. You don't, Mm -hmm. you have no impression that time has passed. Like your consciousness just sort of like lapses a second. Mm -hmm. Like I remember just like being on the operating, you know, like they they put the little mask on you and they're like, okay, just breathe normally. And then it was intravenous. There's like, it was like this like white milky substance uh, that they put it in, you know, and they're just like, okay, count backward from 10. And and then like, that was it. And then like, I woke up (laughs) and like, it was just the weirdest thing. And like, apparently I had already been conscious for like a good half hour like i'd just been sitting in the recovery room just like fully talking i like hugged the nurse i like my parents were there i apparently pulled my gown up and like showed (laughs) everybody my junk and was like look my penis and balls are still here they didn't take that and um you know it was just it was like high-fiving people and like i i I don't remember any of that i just like like suddenly came back into consciousness like mid-sentence and was just like oh okay we ready to go like insane (laughs) the the craziest drug i've ever done like just fucking crazy it is so weird it's horrifying how quickly you go out to my first my favorite story or my favorite part of my first colonoscopy was like i was young and like i thought i was having symptoms i wasn't i just wasn't eating enough fiber um, what are the symptoms? Uh, it was like a bloody stool, ah. um, but it wasn't bloody stool. It was my Too poop was hard. No, my poop was hard. So it was like kind of like um, scraping my uh, rectum. Just, just, and just that's where the blood was coming open. from. Okay, yeah. Yeah. When the blood is in the stool, it's that is not in, good. Right, when it's not when it's caused, not when it's just yeah. ripping your asshole open. <laughs> yeah. Which I have and experienced. Then, I have had, I believe I have had, I don't know. You know, because like we have two bidets in this house, which is just mm-hmm. amazing. One of them, not to brag, is a Toto. 
It's got that heated seat on it now. Oh, fuck. Now, anytime I sit on like a regular toilet without a heated seat, like, like, I just, mm -mm. I feel like a fucking peasant. I just feel like I'm like, (laughs) oh, this is cold. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, do I have to go that bad? But um, (laughs) there are times where like I straight up can't use the bidet because it just, it stings. And I'm like, well, that's probably not good. Like, I feel like I don't want to look back there. I don't really want to, I don't want Caitlin to look, but I know that probably it's some, there's some uh, hemorrhoid, a rippage, I don't know. Just probably something not great happening back there. Um, But it always goes away, so. (laughs) I was supposed to say, all the more reason to get some doctor just just, peeking in back there. Just sort of look, yeah, just just take a peek, just like get, just like get like the hottest woman I've ever seen to just like, oh, you're my, you you look like Anna de Aramis and like you're going to look at my hairy asshole right now that's great i was so nervous when i, I think i was 20 that like i shaved my butthole because i was like they don't they don't want to see this not realizing they've seen everything yeah they've seen like they've, they've seen everything and then the same thing that happens with like your pap smears too like the first time you get when you're like 20 21 and you assume everyone cares so badly what down there looks like and now you're just like i don't give a shit like whatever like right. i'll shower to make sure it doesn't like smell i guess right. but like who gives a fuck right yeah i don't know i mean I, I i like to try and you know if i know i'm going to have a intimate session with a doctor i'll try and you know <laughs> like be you know presentable you know mm-hmm. like i don't want to go to the podiatrist like from the gym and just like be like gross and just like really just like make their day even you know more unpleasant and i'm just like yeah, i don't need to do that to anybody you know like i brush my teeth before i go to the dentist and stuff oh like, it's, yeah yeah know, no that just reminded to... me it just reminded me when i was going through my migraines i had my neurologist and she was checking all of my um reflexes and for some reason i had to take my shoes off mm-hmm. which i did not realize i was going to have to do and i his, I, I'm going to say historically, I have very bad smelling feet. Like it's my whole life. They sweat. And so I was not prepared for that. Like she did something like she had to touch my feet and I'm mortified. And I see her like she's like, all right, you can sit back down or whatever and put your shoes back on. And I see her like out of the corner of her eye, like get some hand sanitizer and like stare at my feet. Right. And I was like, I was like, oh, no, like she smelled like she knows right. like it was awful. You just like see her, like just like try and like conceal a gag, you know? It's like, like I, I never get pedicures because a lady has gagged <laughs> down there. I'm wow. not even joking. Like I've only had two pedicures, and both times it's because my friends were like, "Let's do this," and I was like, "I really don't want to do this. Like right. it's, it's not for me. It's just I don't want to put anyone into that. I tipped very well, but right. I was like, this is this is bad." Yikes. Yeah, I don't I don't get them because the one time I did, I discovered that I am very ticklish on my feet. Mm, and mm-hmm. I just I it was ridiculous. It was like Caitlin and I sitting next to each other and she gets them all the time. You know, she likes she, she, she's she's very girly. She she loves getting pedicures, all of that stuff. She does it like, you know, every two weeks or something. Um, but like this, you know, this little, little Korean woman, just like, just very gently, just like massaging my feet. And like, I was just like fully like grinding my teeth and like (laughs) gripping the chair and like leaning back, like just like really trying to not like just kick this woman in the face, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. just, just like, like, just like my face was fully red. 
And like, it was embarrassing because it was just like, I don't know why, like, I'm being such a baby about this. Like, because like, I can touch my own feet and I'm like, I was almost like, how about I just, how about I just, you tell me what to do. How about (laughs) you just walk me through it? I'll, I'll do the little massage on my foot myself and you just, you just sit back and just coach me through it. How about that? You can't can't, opt out. You can't opt out of the massage. I didn't want to tap out. I didn't want to be a pussy about it. You know, I was like, (laughs) but like I couldn't handle it. And Caitlin was fucking roasting me the entire time. And I was like, well, I'm never doing this again. Like never. I can't do this. I'm not, you know, but like I take okay care of my feet. You know, like you got like if you're I'm I do jujitsu. You can't be showing up to jujitsu with like fucking nasty scaly feet with like bad toenails and stuff. Like that's not mm-hmm. cool. You can't do that. You know, so like I take okay care of them. I I have one of those files and shit. You know, it's just that's just hygiene, man. That's just no, self care. Good for you. I'm jealous. I have like planner warts on both feet. I cannot get rid of them, and I'm pretty sure health insurance is gonna it would cost a lot because like Aaron got something frozen off once and it ended up not being covered by insurance. So I was like, well, I guess I just have these for life then because I don't know what else to do. Uh, you know, Caitlin had a couple of those and she mm. took care of them. It was like a long process and she wouldn't stop talking about it. So um, next time you see her, uh, just ask ask her about uh, plantar warts because she, okay, she cool. fucking loves talking about that shit. Um, you had uh, something else too, right? You had you had like uh, some sort of uh, 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 mouth thing. It's it's still happening. I literally just showed Aaron today, um, and that it's been a nightmare. Uh, they were like it's herpes, and then the they did a culture that came back negative, and they just did a blood test recently, and that became came back negative. Well, and they were cool. like, well, the, yeah, it's good. Like uh, I don't have herpes, but then I was like, is it HPV? Like I just got, you know, I just tested positive for HPV. So I was talking to the doctor yesterday and she was like, that's not how that strain presents. She was like, the only symptom that comes with that strain is genital warts. So it wouldn't present in your mouth. And so I'm just like, what, what present is this? Like someone, <laughs> I know. and then I was also like, does, I was like, does my partner need to get tested for HPV? And she was like, no, he's got it. Like he's a carrier. If you guys are having right. And also, is, isn't there not a test for men for HPV? Oh, there is, and it's there straight is. up your urethra. It's straight your up your urethra. Yeah, she was like, it's really painful for men. Like, she, he doesn't uh, need to get tested. He's got it. And I was like, okay. Damn. All right. See, yeah. so far as I knew, uh, maybe the technology has changed. So far as I knew, there was not a test for men. Uh, at least last time, you know, I got checked. The The, the current news was... There's not a test for men. You can test it for women. Um, but you can also just pretty much just assume that every guy you ever know has it who's who's had sex before. Like it's just it's one of those things. Or like Yeah. It's like the percentage is like ninety percent of people have or have had it. Because a lot of times, like it while it's not curable, a lot of times your body yeah. will shed the virus. It goes away. Yeah. So it's like 90% of people either have it right now or have had it in their life yeah. before. Yeah. It's just, there's no way around it. I remember, uh, Caitlin, uh, uh, when we like first started dating in like the first few, uh, the first year or so, she was like, so, uh, I, I just got, uh, tested for HPV. Uh, like what's up? Like, why would you, you know, I was just like, okay, a, like 
you don't know that you got it from me. I mean, but you probably could have assumed because you know that I'm like a, a fuck boy. You, you met me on Tinder. I don't know what to tell you. And also, you know, like it, it does run its course usually. It does go away. And also you might have had this like thing for like the past like 13 years. Who fucking knows? Like it, it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. not one of those things. And like also like I was like they have never once offered me a, a test for this. Like so this is not something that I was withholding from you. You know, like I can't, I just don't know, you know? Yeah, it's really, it's really a hard traceable one. Cause I even asked about that. I was like, do I need to be like calling like past people to like let them know? And the doctors were like, honestly, no. Right. It's well, just, that would be like, I mean, just, you've been with Aaron for how long? We've been together for almost seven years. And so I, the other question I asked was like, does that mean that I was like, we are monogamous. Does that mean that it's been in me for possibly seven or more years? And she was like, yeah, honestly, yeah. Like it might not. It might just be persisting and just not, and it's been dormant for a very long time. Right. Uh, and it's now just starting to pop up again or like pop up. Uh, yeah. See, cause then you have to like call people who are like, Oh, Hey, it's me from seven years ago. Like, ha Like, I don't know. At that point, like, is it your responsibility? Like, cause they probably have like fucked around and like, it's, I asked the same thing about the herpes, too. I was like, should I be calling past people? And they were like, nah. And I was like, you guys are doctors. (laughs) You're telling me not to inform other people that someone I have been sexually, that they've been sexually active with may or may not have had something while they were with them. I don't know. I was like kind of shocked by that. But I was also like, well, you are a doctor. So that means less work for me. Yeah. And I don't feel guilty because you honestly at this point, if any of my past sexual partners like pre Caitlin like texted me or whatever out of the blue, like, Hey, so I have this or that thing. And like, I'd be like, why are, why would you tell me that right now? <laughs> like, uh, uh, hi, like, you know, like what, what, like that's weird, you know? So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big deal at that point. If it's, you know, if you're like active with the person or you've been active with them for the last, you know, like in within the last year or so, of course, then uh, oh, like, yeah. let them know. But like, yeah, if it's like ancient history and like all, like nothing's come up, they've gone on living their lives. They could have just like gone on their whole fucking lives not knowing that they potentially were exposed to herpes or some shit. Like, I don't know. That reminds me of like way before Aaron, I was like with this guy that was like on again, off again. And it was just a very bad toxic relationship on his end, on my end. Like it was like never should have lasted as long as it did. And anytime we broke up, he got with back with his ex, um, which I was very aware of. Like they were like, they end up getting married. Like they were together for a very long time before we, before they broke up and he got with me. And one time in those, in that stint of breaking up when he got broke up with her and then got back with me, she was texting him and was like, did you get tested when you were with her? Meaning me. And he turns to me and he was like, did you get tested? And I was like, yeah, I just got tested recently. Like, I'm I'm all good. Uh, and so he told her that he got tested because I got tested. Like, he lied to her. It's not how that he works. Lied. It's not how it fucking works. Yeah. And then they fucking got married. And, like, I was like, thank God I, like, dodged that bullet. Like, if he's lying about, like, getting screened for AIDS. STDs when he was sexually active with someone else and we didn't always use condoms it was like damn man like you don't care about either one of us and unfortunately I still wouldn't break up with him until like a year later like it was like that should have been a major red flag and it wasn't it was like ugh, okay now they both have uh herpes and uh 
syphilis and maybe and, and HPV. Um, <laughs> uh, why why wasn't that enough for you to you know uh, I, you know this is a this is a long time ago now you've you've grown up since but like why in hindsight wasn't that enough for you to just be like uh, peace hit the bricks. Um, I think it's like a couple of different reasons. Um, I really wanted it to work. It really felt like a failure for this relationship to not work. Um, and then I don't think I knew myself worth yet. Like I was putting up with a lot of shit. And what would break us up is he would leave me at a bar with our friends when I was supposed to go home with him. And he just fucking left. Uh, cause he, I like pissed him off somehow. And that's what finally did it for me. That I was like, you're a piece of shit. You don't respect me at all. And you never have. And uh, he was like, yeah, I was actually going to say that. Like, I treat you like shit. <laughs> I was actually going to say I don't have any respect. Yeah, because I broke up with him via phone call. Because he was, like, in a play that had, like, rehearsals from, like, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. So I was like, you know what? We don't need to talk. You call me when you're done. And so he obviously knew that he was fucked. And so he's like calling and texting and saying, I'm sorry. And I was like, I'm not talking to you until you're done with your rehearsal. And so I was just like, once we got um, on the phone, I was like, I want this to end. You treat me like shit. And he was like, yeah, I was going to say like, you know, I treat you like shit. I was going to ask you how you felt about how I treated you. Um, and I was like, cool. Well, I told you. And I got silent and he was like, I was like, is there anything else you need to say? And he was like, no, like, there's nothing else you want to say. And I was like, no, like, I'm done. Right. I'm done. And then he tried very hard to get back together for like, I would say like a couple of weeks, couple of months. And then next thing I knew they were dating again. And I was like, okay, like I made the right choice you suck you probably treat her like shit too still probably like i'd be shocked if he ever changed hmm. Hmm. but to answer your question i think i just didn't really know my self-worth and in that moment when he finally did like the last thing i was like oh now i know i deserve more than this like this doesn't make any sense how did you find your self-worth um i think literally just that because to paint a picture, we were like at a comedy bar. He was a comedian too. And he like at the bar went to go talk to who's now a pretty famous comedian. Uh, like we both know her. I'm not going to say her name because I, I don't want to like sure. yeah, out him. But he like talked to her to like kiss her ass for like an hour. And so then I was like, um, again, left again for him to do that shit and like placate his friends and like entertain and then when I came back and like kind of gave him attitude, that's why he left. And I was like, no, like this is bullshit what you did. And I think, I don't know, it just finally like clicked um, that it wasn't good. And then more things like after we broke up, I was like, oh, he was like emotionally abusive. Like he said bad things about my body or like, sorry, there's an ambulance going that's by. Okay. Um, or he'd compare my body to his ex and and things like that like one time he told me he didn't want to have sex with me because i got too wet uh yeah yeah talk about a mind fuck of like i can't control that right first off i've watched a lot of porn that is a great thing that's not the that's not a yeah yeah no like fuck off um i could see somebody saying like your dick is too big because that actually does have a limit like it could hurt Yeah. yeah but i don't think i don't see that ever being 
an issue unless there's actually unless like it's just unless it's just flood like gushing out like, unless it's just like like you're like and trying I, to like like put your penis in like a, a faucet you know but like i don't think that's what was happening like i'm not a like squirter a i've never squirted i've never on uh, talking to other partners they were like no this is like okay but he was also just very weird about sex like i think he had a lot of shit that he needed to deal with too because right. he would withhold sex I mean, as we well, all. right? Yeah. Uh, that's why I love therapy. Um, no, it's, I'm just thinking about your question. Like, when did I realize myself worth? I think it just is like it becomes like a this is the straw that bro- breaks the camel's back, where you're just yeah. like, ah, this is not okay. Right. And then, like, I always just after that, I was like, because I was so fucked with sex, I was like, I need to go have sex with a lot of people with like no emotion, but fun. Like make it very consensual, let them know what I'm into, like what I'm not looking for, what they're not looking for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Just to like recalibrate like what I wanted and needed. And I highly recommend it. I call it like my year of dick. Like anytime Mm -hmm. something is out of a bad relationship, I'm like, it's now time for you to figure out what you want. Uh, Cause that person was shitty to you and, and it might've messed you up a little bit. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard question. Like what, uh, you know, I don't think there's for anybody, there's actually like a moment when you find your self-worth. Um, it's a long series of decisions that you make every day uh, to start being nicer to yourself, thinking nicer about yourself. And uh, for me, the hardest part, uh, advocating for yourself. I had to do that this week. Um, almost. Um, it was, it was like one of these situations where like a buddy of mine, he's like, you know, been like throwing some work my way. Um, and I misread the text. I thought that he was asking me to do this thing this weekend unpaid. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, yeah, I can't, I I don't want to accept any more unpaid work, but it's also like, you know, we're kind of like we're chill we're like very like simpatico with that stuff and like you know i'll we'll do favors for each other but like this is like a full day's kind of work and i was like i don't think that's right so Mm -hmm. like i was like i could just i could just lie that would be the easy route just like to take the coward's route and be like i'm busy saturday i can't i can't do it but Mm -hmm. what i really want to do and know i should do is just be honest and just say like hey uh you know, I know you're just like getting your company off the ground and stuff and you don't have a whole lot of money. And like, sometimes you have to do things on like kind of a sliding scale, but like, if you can't pay me, I, I can't do it, you know? But like, then I reread the text and was just like, Oh wait, he said paid. He said it was, he was gonna pay me. So I was like, yes, I don't have to fucking, I don't have to stand up for myself today. This is great. But you were oh, ready felt, to, you were ready to bad. do that. I felt, I, I mean, I was, I was getting ready to, I was like, I was already at work and I was like psyching myself out and was just, you know, was, was, really delaying sending it, you know, because I just, I, I didn't want to, I, I'm still so fucking bad at, at just having those, those conversations uh, of anytime I have to assert myself and what I want or need, like that is immensely difficult for me. To oh, yeah. yeah. It's so hard because it's so vulnerable. Um, and you're admitting out loud your self-worth and you're so afraid someone's going to be like, no, and they yeah. might, they legit might say no. And like, what does that mean? 
or how like will your mental psyche take it? Um, it's a lot. And it also like when you were saying earlier, like it's really important, like how you talk to yourself mm-hmm. and how you talk about yourself to yourself. It's a lot of yourselves, but like it's really fucking important. It really changes like the literal um, dialogue in your head, like the literal narrative. Yeah, it's hard. It's a very hard thing to do. How is how is your uh, inner narrative uh, been? How, how have you um, have you been able to improve it? And if so, like what um, what methods have you used to just sort of get yourself to be nicer yourself in your head? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. And I have a lot of experience with um, my mental health was fucked at the, the end of ni- uh, 2019. So when like COVID happened, I was like, welcome, y'all. Like, come join oh, me. Oh, yeah, same. I was, I was just like, <laughs> what's up? I've been here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, been here I'm for fine. a long time. Um, and I just got to a point. I'm a huge people pleaser. I'm very huge people pleaser. And I was finding myself in multiple situations at work at uh, uh, relationships with my family. Not Aaron, Aaron's been great in all of this to be quite honest, but like it was like platonic friendships, um, work relationships, uh, family. Like I found myself saying nothing uh, or saying yes to everything to keep everything like right here, just like right on this level because I was so afraid if I like confronted my parents, it would ruin our relationship. That's already changed and evolved and broken a lot. Um, and then like at work, I found out uh, like someone else was getting paid more than me. And I just like felt destroyed and like resented them and shit like that. And then like the, what really changed it was like saying, what got me out of that habit was putting myself on it um, in a voluntary leave at Trader Joe's in COVID. And it was because it was the first time I said no to something that was specifically only for my own well-being. And I felt like a lot of guilt about it. I felt like a lot of survivor's guilt because like I knew friends at Trader Joe's that stayed, got COVID, their whole family got COVID. And like, it was just a shitty situation. It's still a shitty situation if you're working at any grocery store right now during COVID. But it like started this like domino effect of like, you've got to say your boundaries. And it was like, no, I don't want to work in a trader, um, trader, in a grocery store during a global pandemic. I just don't. Right. And I'll figure it out. And I remember my therapist was like, I can't believe you said that. Like that, that's it. That's it. Like you did it. Like you said, no, you said no. Yeah. And that's it. And that was just kind of like, and then I just kept watching that happen. And like, then, boundaries like popped up with my family and I started like fighting back being like actually I'm not cool with what that ha- what said that was said there and same with like friendships and it was like really hard and like lost some friendships um but then I felt myself getting back to the me that I remembered and like really liked yeah. and so I would say it's like a year process of just literally like saying no staying in therapy like weekly like because I would just I was canceling left and right Mm -hmm. and being like, no, you need to do this like homework. You need to do like the work. Um, But that was kind of it. It was just say, no, do you want to do this? Can you physically, emotionally, mentally handle this right now? Yes or no. And like, that was kind of it. Yeah. And it just changed a lot. Yeah. Saying no is very difficult when you, when you need to say no. I was literally, as I was working out this, this, this work thing this week, 
Like I was literally texting Caitlin. I asked her, I straight up asked her, like, how do I say no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, as I was writing the text, I was like, this is really fucking pathetic. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I know that I, uh, I have that, that people pleasing, uh, thing in me too. Um, and it's, I don't know if it's so much people pleasing as it is just like conflict aver- aversion. Cause it mm-hmm. was just like, then we were going to have to have this whole conversation about like, you know, like, uh, well, I mean, you know, you, you said you would be down for, you know, this and that. And like, I, I wanted you to help that, you know, I, like I had all these projections of like all of this stuff, you know, like, uh, well we did this, you know, like I did this thing for you like last week and, you know, like I, I had all these projections of what was going to be said to me and like invalidate my stance. And that's what it always is, is just like my stance is going to get invalidated and therefore uh, like any sense of like foundation that I have to stand on uh, is just going to like crumble out from under me. And I, I can't I can't face that, you know, like it's just too. Yeah, it's too much. It's, it's too hard. It's, it's so hard. And yeah, I was the same reason when I was saying yes to everything. I just didn't want to have that conversation. I just didn't want to say like, I don't like when this happens, it makes me feel like this. And I don't think that's fair. I did not know how to have any of those conversations. And I still haven't had those conversations with like certain people, uh, with certain people like that just hasn't happened. Um, and who knows, like, who knows if it ever will, but it's exactly like what you're saying. Like you don't want that invalidation because you're just you're just starting already and it's like you don't want to have to um back it up just yet you want more to have that confidence but it's just kind of like getting your reps in of to get that uh that strength i think i'm also a huge like i like to fix everything and fix everyone uh which that's bullshit like you shouldn't be trying to do that unless someone's actively asking for your advice or your help and so something that helped me there too was actually just having still a customer service job, but it's like my literal job is to fix the problems. And so when I'm done, I'm like, I don't want to fucking fix anyone's life. Like, I don't want to try to help at all. And I think that's also like helped a lot. Like I found a way to like um, have like a healthy outlet for like, I want to fix and get like paid for it. And then like, you're so, you're so depleted afterwards. That you're like, no, like, unless you really, really need my help, I'm not trying to like do anything. Right. I mean, that's what you have to realize. And it's another hard thing to face is that uh, most people, I mean, most people don't want your help. And even if they do, like, they're going to have to help themselves for Mm -hmm. the most part, you know, and uh, if they're not willing to do that, then like, I don't know. It's like some people are just like a fucking lost cause and you just can't like you can't do anything you really you, you really can't like my therapist mm. was like um i think i'd asked this question before like can people change and they're like people can only change if they want to yeah. she, like she was like you wanted to change you wanted something different and so then you did but like unless you don't unless you yeah unless you don't want to like you don't unless yeah. you want to you don't yeah right. and i was like i guess that like i guess it is like sometimes just that fucking simple um but it almost feels like a cop-out when it's that simple too so what's it been like um, getting back out, uh, you know, onto stages and uh, performing and, and, and getting kind of back out in the world? It's been very off and on. Um, 
like May, when things like venues really started opening up, it was like everyone wanted to be there and it was weird and it felt really surreal. And then it got like, it kind of plateaued and then like dipped. And then like my health shit got in the way. So I'm now just starting again to get back into it. But for me, what's been really nice about covid is that it definitely made me look and be like and be like do you want to be a performer do you want to do this and going back into it now even after having like hell shit get in the way it's like no i really like love this like i really love doing this and you're just gonna make it work um and i think that's how like a lot of people feel that are still performing i think that's how a lot of venues feel as well just like we're just we're gonna make this work um and there's not going to be a lockdown like they're like no. their venues aren't going to stop, but no. people will there's definitely been less people in venues for sure. And I think people are feeling weird about being inside right now. But I'm interested to see what happens yeah. when it gets too cold to be outside again. Like, will that switch? Yeah, it's it's hard to know uh, what we're supposed to be doing now. Like, I feel like I've just kind of gone back to most everything that I have was doing before, like. I go to the gym. I go to comedy shows and stuff. Like they they check for a vaccination. I you know, I feel a little better now that I've gotten a booster. I'm a booster boy, uh, but uh, uh, it's still. I know that it's not guaranteed, and I know that like you know like, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think we were talking about this at the when we went to that uh, Mets game um, a while back, which, you know, like, again, like that felt a little better cause it was outdoors technically, mm-hmm. but it was still like a giant fucking crowd of people. And like, just this like weird, like low level anxiety just like doesn't ever really go away. Even when you're like, just like trying to vibe. Um, and like, I, my, I don't know, I guess like the way I look at it now is just like, I'm vaccinated. Even if I do get it, I'll, probably just like I'll get kind of sick and it won't be great but I also I can't continue to not do anything and live my life especially if I'm paying out the ass to live in New York you know to 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 like out of the risk out of the fear of the risk of like getting sick you know like for a while and like and I was like I I know that like I needed to make the distinction like pre-vaccination that like this is more than just like a lot of people who were just like, oh, you can't stop, you know, everything just because you're afraid of getting sick. And I was like, that's that's more than getting sick. Like, you know, like people are dying. Like, this is very serious. There's long COVID. Like, there's all of this stuff. Um, But, like, at this point, I'm just kind of like, hey, yeah, fuck it. Like, I don't don't know what else to, I don't know how else to label my, uh, um, like, how I've been, dealing with it like I, I still will wear a mask on the train and like in you know mixed company whatever uh but i also i went to a show at a new york comedy club like the one on fourth street uh mm-hmm. last week and uh they were checking vaccination you know cards at the door but like they were just sort of like kind of tacitly just sort of shuffling people in like you just sort of flash it to them like they weren't being like really like scrutinizing it and then i just like instantly felt weird again and like put my mask back on for a while and then like took it off again and then i was like what am i doing like i i just i i was sort of i caught myself just um 
like almost like instinctively nervously almost like a as a tick like i kept just like raising my mask back up mm-hmm. um and then just like realize like and then just then thinking i don't know that and then just like looking around the room and being like nobody else is doing this and like i don't know what the fucking like who knows what the fuck to do i already i had a fucking i had another anxiety like covid anxiety dream last night last oh, night no. you know like and like i was like that was the first one i've had in a while um because i i was having them just like very frequently you know you you have that dream where you're uh in a you know a, a bodega or a like gas station or whatever and then you look around and you start to realize that nobody's wearing a mask and you're like oh fuck you know like i gotta get out of here like what what are we doing like but like for some reason you can't leave like you still like need to get so you're still in line or something you're like i don't want to leave the line but like uh, you know like that was like a recurring anxiety dream and like that hadn't happened for a while and this one was more like we were getting ready to go to a place and like I was starting to realize like, oh, nobody at this place. Like I was like, we're going to this place in Staten Island. And I was like, oh, nobody's going to be vaccinated there. And like, yeah, probably not. But we are. So it'll probably be OK. And I was like, I don't want to go. And then like they were like, come on. And I was like, it was it was just like that, like this weird push pull feeling of like, should I? God, fucking terrible nightmare. It's hard because there's no rules, right? There's no rules uh, of how this was supposed to be done, including in New York City. Yeah. Um, we went to we went to a, a wedding in Austin in October, and it was like half the family was from Yonkers, New York, and half the family was from Texas. And so, like, I was under the assumption that everyone was vaccinated, so I was like, oh, I'm not wearing my mask. And then when I talked to the bride, she was like my side of the family is vaccinated. I don't know about the other side. And then I was like, oh, okay. But it was also like, well, now it's too late. Like I've been in a shuttle bus without my mask on with people I don't know. Um, And then Austin, I don't think at any point, any restaurant we went into checked their vaccine cards. No one cared. No one's wearing masks. And Aaron pointed this out where with like the mask etiquette, he was, we were like at a really nice hotel that had like a huge opening in the like the lobby, but also had a lobby, it had a bar as well, right? And so you're wearing your mask as you walk in and like walking to the elevators, which is going right next to the bar where no one's wearing their mask. And it was just like, well then why? Like yeah. why, it's all the same room, it's all the same air and I was really crazy about it in 2020. I was like, no one should be outside. No one should be near each other. A lot of that was my OCD talking and I was overreacting. But now it's like, you did everything you could. You got your vaccine. You got your booster. You still wear your mask like in public transportation. It's kind of like, that's where I'm at. Like, those are the rules to me. It's like, we did as much as we could to protect ourselves and the people around us. Yeah. Um, Because what else are we going to, do like there's just not there's like nothing else to do and like you said like i live in new york city i pay to live here you pay a lot you're not going to just stay in your apartment if things are opening up and you've got the vaccine and you got the booster then yeah you should go you should live your life yeah 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't not talk about it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's impossible. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it comes up every few episodes on this show. Um, we have also kind of not talked about it for like several episodes. So like I don't know. Okay. Like, sometimes sometimes it just doesn't come up. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, even though like even if even if our experience of the pandemic was uh, like fairly cushy like mine was where it was like well i'll be fine i got a roof over my head like i'm furloughed from my job but like my girlfriend's working from home and like i should be okay uh you know i i am able to mostly avoid public spaces and so like my stress is really just like watching all of the insanity and bedlam happen. Um, But I know like for a lot of other people, like the trauma was much, much, much worse, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. It's, it's also like, I don't want to, part of me doesn't even really want to dwell on it because part of me, I feel like I've processed it to where I can process it at this point like maybe mm-hmm. there's more maybe there's more to be done later like maybe like i i feel like a five-year mark 10-year mark you know like we're all just gonna like have those like weird flashbacks and shit like that but like right now like i don't know what else to i don't know what else to say about it man like i just just like i'm, I'm just tired of it I'm tired of it oh yeah fuck same it. i'm in fucking I- mode and I think that's I think that's a very fair place to be right now with it all because it, it it has been almost two fucking years. I'm watching yeah. a show on um, HBO Love Life, and the last episode is them dealing with COVID, and it was like I didn't need this. I didn't need I didn't need that to be part of it. Like, yeah, we can we can keep COVID out of the TV shows. We've lived it. I don't need. Super Sword Try. They did a yeah. very bad job. Like we, I think they we all kind of can... they sort of danced around it a little bit on Curb Your Enthusiasm, the new season, which like mm. I was really wondering what he was gonna do with that because he's like a big germaphobe and was like real big on hand sanitizer and shit, like even before uh, mm-hmm. the pandemic. But they they kind of like he sort of stepped over it. Like it just sort of like like the show just assumes that it's done, but it did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like looking back on it. Like there's, there's like a really funny episode where Albert Brooks is revealed to be a COVID hoarder, which is pretty great. He opens the door. Uh, yeah. yeah and everyone like loses their um, shit. Um, that episode of how to with John Wilson, where like, I, oh think my I, was, like God. I think that was the last episode of the season, wasn't it? Where it's just it was... like, we were all watching it in lockdown. We were like, oh, this is actually like very pleasant. And like the whole crux of the show is like, it's all this street footage. And so it's like, oh, like this is kind of like being out in our beloved New York City. Like we're like out and about and we're like, you know, like watching a guy, you know, just like drum on a bucket and like watching a watching a lady like carry a chicken down uh, with on a leash, like, you know, down the street. And we're just like all these like weird sights and like. And then, like, the last episode was just like, oh, right, fuck, March 2020 and everything's shutting down and, like, it's all this, like, panic and, like, it was like, I I like that he did that, but I also, like, didn't love watching that episode. It was really hard to watch, but it was also, like you said, like, glad he did it. It was very, it was very accurate in a way that I haven't seen portrayed on, um, 
oh my God, what's the word? Like, I guess on any media yeah. medium yet, but yeah, it was intense with that last episode because ex- it's exactly what you said. You were like, oh, I'm back in the city. This is the city that I love that I I'm here for, but I can't participate in right now. And then you're hit with that one. It's the, it's the making the risotto episode. And you're just like, no, yeah. like, oh, season two is coming back though. I know. I'm very excited. I'm really excited yeah. to see it. Um, How's your um how is your seasonal, you know, uh mood? Do do you does the does the winter time uh, do, you, do you got the sad? Do you got the um the winter blues? Does that happen with you or are you more of like a year-round kind of gal? I don't really get the the seasonal affective disorder that much but like last year we purposely made sure we were outside every day for two hours in the sun during the winter because we were like very nervous that we would really like uh drop down and get really find ourselves in depressive mode so I'm actually like a little nervous for this winter just because you know I am like yoked to my computer at work from 9 to 6 p.m And I've definitely been like, I'm like staring at the window of like the darkness where I'm very like aware of when it starts getting dark in a way that I used to not be. Um, So it's a crapshoot. It could go either way. But um, like I take for my migraines, I take a low dose of an antidepressant. No, anti-anxiety. And I think Mm. that has helped my mood as well. Because when my back in 2019, I was definitely like depressed and didn't realize it and was like dealing with like, a shit ton of anxiety and not realizing it either. And I think like couldn't sleep, had terrible sleeping patterns. So now like I sleep like eight to nine hours a night, like pretty much straight through. Um, I take my nortriplin once a day. Um, I do force myself out. I have like a lunch, an hour for lunch. So I do like trying to force myself out. Um, and we didn't even talk about the fucking migraines. You got just like a litany of shit. Like you got migraines. You got uh, tumors in your boobs. You got uh, mouth full of sores. You mouth got, full of sores. You got the bad HPV, the scary mm. one. Like, it's yeah. just, there's a lot going on. The migraines um, are nothing anymore. Like, it oh, was, I think good. it was like six months of like straight headaches. Um, but it, that was also just kind of like a huge wake up call again, too. It was like your body is physically telling you something is wrong. Like you need to listen mm-hmm. to your body. And it was definitely all um, it all erupted because of like very high anxiety and depression. And it wasn't until like really stopping to like take care of like because it's all the same time. Right. Saying no to Trader Joe's, saying no to people, taking care of my head. I'm making time for my appointments, figuring out the right medicine. Cause she's even like, you don't need the nortriplin anymore. She's like, it's a placebo effect at this point. But I was like, mm, we're going to keep doing it because I don't want to go back to that. Sure. Um, it was, all, yeah, that's what, who was I talking to about this? Where it was like, your body does not lie. Your body is right. going to let you know what the fuck, that something's fucking wrong. It keeps the score, and, as they say, which I never yeah. really know, knew what that meant. Um, that, that was, like, I feel that was like, like an Instagram phrase when your body keeps the score. Like I kept hearing that. Is it a book? It is a book. I think it is about PTSD and uh, trauma. Uh, um, but it does like the body keeps score. The body is going to let you know. Um, you're, and when it gets really bad, you're going to have like actual physical horrifying symptoms um, that are going to be overwhelming, but it forces you to stop. And I mean, it literally just like forced me to stop. And I have to, like, I can't live like this. I have to figure that what the fuck is out or what the fuck is wrong. 
Have you been trying to do, um, you know, any any type of a uh, exercise? Because that's a huge component, mm-hmm. I think, in in, uh, in in physical well-being, obviously. But like it, it like the the boon that it gives your 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 mental health is just immeasurable. Oh, for sure. I've been really shitty about working out since I got the job. So for like the past nine months, I haven't been working out. But before it was like a lot of yoga and like a lot of like um, weight training, like re- resistance training, which I really loved. Um, but I need to just like start doing again. I just got really lazy. Uh, but I completely agree. And including with migraines, like yoga, uh, walking, fucking amazing for um, your body and like your mental health. Well, get back on it, Wall. <laughs> I will. I will All do right. it. All right. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming back of on the course. show. It was great to have you again. Um, let us Thank know. You you, so much. Uh, give us give us your plugs. Anything you want to plug and uh, where to find mm. and follow you. Yeah. So um, always can listen to Awkward Sex the podcast. Uh, started something new with uh, one of my creative partners called Our Boob Stories, which is an Instagram account, kind of like a Humans of New York, but about like boob and chest stories, uh, which has been really fun and very um, humbling to have people tell us very intimate stories about like their literal tits. And then the next show in New York City will be in January. I had to take like a small hiatus because of uh, sure. the health shit, but January 19th at Littlefield. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to that. That was it was it was great to see it back um, there at Littlefield when, whenever that was was it earlier in the spring sometime. Like yeah, spring yeah. summer. Yeah, spring summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's fucking great. Um, can't wait to see it. All thank right. you. Um, I'll talk to you later, Natalie. Thanks for All coming right. on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks once again to Natalie Wall for being on the show. What a fun talk. Gross, disgusting talk. Anxiety-filled. You know, it's just the vibe. It's just the vibe we establish. We think too much. Our brains are going too much. We think too much about all the things going on. Obsessing about covid protocols in our bodies and all of that stuff it's fun anyway check her work out if you live in the new york area go see her next show if you vaxxed and all of that and uh that's about it follow me at radical pearson on instagram and twitter follow the show at self worst on instagram Speaking of Instagram, if you want to uh, screenshot this episode as you're listening to it and post it on your Instagram stories, tag me. I'll repost it. I might say something nice. I might even follow you. We might become friends. Don't you want another friend? You might come to my next Friendsgiving. Who knows? We're developing all kinds of parasocial relationships. It'll be good. Anyway. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Tell a friend, you know, word of mouth, whatever you got to do. Post on socials. I don't care how you do it. Get the word out there. 
patreon.com slash selfworst. Help me out for as little as a dollar a month to get bonus episodes, blah, blah, blah. Y'all know that. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show. You're the real ones. If you made it this far, damn. And if you didn't like it and you've listened this far, then I don't know what you're doing. You must have a weird life, man. I encourage everybody to go to therapy, but especially you. Anyway, that's about it. Music is by Shea Bartell. Thank you, Shay. I might have also stolen some music from Vince Garaldi for this episode. I don't know. Uh, and that's it. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you. Bye.